ladies and gentlemen, yesterday Jim Jordan failed to win the uh, House speakership second time. Actually, fared worse in the uh, second vote. What did he get? Twenty-two Republicans voting against him compared to the twenty who didn't support him in the first vote earlier this week. Uh, here to discuss, Jason Mollick, my friend, uh, Tony, near over twenty years ago, one of the great pioneers of Fox uh, News Radio, and uh, what a job he does with uh, public relations at one of our great colleges in this country, American University, sir. Any surprises yesterday, and welcome. Hi, Jay. How are you? Um, you know, not. I'll be honest. It's the way Jim Jordan's going. I, you know, I think we're looking at we're looking at a point here where he's going to have to either, you know, back away, which is going to be very tough for him, or he just, you know, continues to push forward. And to be honest with you, you know, the. the We've talked before about the political theater that it is in Washington and how how uh, watching how things un, unwind, unravel, or play out in uh, on Capitol Hill and in D.C. is like a you know a three act could be a four you know one two or three act play. Uh, Jim Jordan is about I think halfway through Act Three here, unless there's going to be an encore. I to be honest with you, I think. Uh, Mr. Jordan may want to reconsider his uh, running because there are plenty of people that are obviously nipping at the heels or smell the proverbial blood in the water. Yeah, you know, serious questions about whether he is a viable path forward is uh, obviously he's confronting uh, steep opposition amongst his uh, colleagues, and he has vowed to Jason to stay in this race, you know. I mean, you can hold a third vote, a fourth. You can go to fifteen, like McCarthy did. Uh, I don't think. Uh, I, I I don't think uh, myself that there is a path for Jordan to get the gavel. I just don't. No, I don't. You know, honestly, I don't see it either. Unless for I mean, unless in some way, shape, or form, he's able to, you know, wave a wand in here and and say, okay, I can, I'll, you know, acquiesce here and there. You know, honestly. And this is not to compare Jordan to, you know, McCarthy in any way, but McCarthy had a sense of stubbornness. And I'm not saying that, you know, not in trying to insult a person and saying that, but he had that stubbornness of like, I'm not going to back down. If I have to make a deal, I'll make a deal, which he did. Came back to bite him, but to he stuck it through. And when many people thought, okay, you know what, he's not going to. You know, he's not going to keep moving forward. Jim Jordan, while he is steadfast, I don't believe Jim Jordan wants to be embarrassed any further. I think he wants to have the cachet of, you know, he's supported you know, former President Trump throughout all this, uh, through everything. I, I just feel like right now Jim Jordan does not want to be embarrassed any further. Will he may make one more play? He could. But I, I think at this point it's, from my perspective, but then again, they're not—they're not listening to me. I would have told Jim Jordan, "Look, you know, this is not going to get any easier. It's not going to get any prettier. You may actually start losing votes. So let's move forward here and save face in some way." Talking with Jason Mulligan, you know, I saw an interview uh, with the Tim Burchett, who's, you know, one of the part of that great eight, who said, "You know what? Wait a minute now." 
uh, we're not going anywhere with McCarthy. We got to get him out of here, you know, led by obviously Matt Gates. But it was almost, you know, during the interview, it was like water off a duck's back here. You know, uh, a lot of giddiness and everything else. And I'm saying, wait a minute now. Uh, we are in tough times here. We've got a government shutdown looming in less than four weeks. Uh, we've got decisions to be made regarding Israel, Ukraine. Uh, we've got an impeachment inquiry, I believe, with the current president involved. So, in essence, what are we, what are we kind of, uh, you know, smiling about here? Uh, the people uh, need some answers of this country. Not only that, we've got a local election coming up, uh, needless to say, in, uh, in 19 days. That could have ramifications as far as the Democratic Party is concerned. So, in essence, what are we smiling about here? It just seems like people are not taking this seriously. Well, I think one of the things that's shown, and we were, I think we've even mentioned this prior to the you know, initial thought that there was going to be a shutdown, and obviously that was uh, found to be, you know, we were able to, you know, they were able to get together, thankfully. But there is this real feeling, obviously, that, you know, the Republican Party, the leaders on, in, the, in the House, can't get their act together. And, you know, it was even echoed by those in the Senate, clearly. And, you know, in many ways, while they're, you know, they need the help of the House, the Senate is looking at this saying, look, we have our our affairs in order. We're able to move things forward here. And if we need to send them to you, we can do that. The House isn't able to do that because there's no Republican leadership, even though there's a temp, there's an interim speaker. Um, if, you know, for there are, and again, this, you're absolutely right. It has so many ramifications on the country because if you have one, level of this branch, you know, stalled and basically not running well, that just backlogs everything. And yes, there are so many things going on in the world right now. You know, obviously, you know, Israel and what's going on there is top of mind. Uh, The Ukraine conflict is still there, obviously, what we're seeing, you know, going on in our country. You know, there are things that, honestly, this, this, you know, this Senate, and rather Congress, has been very, very, in, in, and I would say even inept in some way, that not one thing, like they can't even figure out how to get their leadership in order. And that, while maybe it doesn't affect, you know, election time and when these, you know, when elections are so far away, you know, not that far away, it, it does weigh on people in, in some ways as well. Like, you know, who, who did I elect originally, and are they really doing what I elected them to do? And I think that's something that does play on people's minds when they enter the voting booth. Yes, a lot of it is, you know, what have you done for me lately and what do I see in front of me in the last 24, 48 hours? But many people are, we also know from just by research and polls that, you know, they are thinking about the long-term effects or what, is, what have people done in the past that have gotten us to this point? So I, it, it behooves the, you know, Republicans to figure out who is going to be that person. If it's not Jim Jordan, who is going to be able to lead the Republican Party in the House, so that way the rest of the country and things that need to be voted on and need to be moved forward can be done, can get done. And right now that's not happening. And and I don't think in any way it's sort of a, a you know kind of a you know Cheshire grin to for anyone to say, oh, this party looks like a mess. And yes, it does, but it doesn't help the greater good when it comes to you know Washington and then the country and then in, in many ways the world too. 
And Jason, it's a very, very tricky game of roulette they're playing here. You know, think about it. I mean, I'm just wondering, is everybody aware that they actually have the majority in the House of Representatives right now as far as the Republican Party? I start to wonder about that. But, you know, it's kind of a, a game of chicken, and it's dangerous, very dangerous this time, excuse me, this time of the year. But uh, we shall see what today brings. Uh, and we'll see what kind of move Jim Jordan makes. If that by way of Steve Scalise, in order for the betterment here. Uh, I just don't think he has a path. One final thought, my friend. Uh, what does Joe Biden say to the nation tonight of ultra importance in your estimation, if anything? Well, I think most of all, it, it needs to be stated that it, obviously what's going on in Israel right now is just it's tragic there's no other way to put it whether you're you know, look at it from the both sides the the innocent people in israel that have been killed then you have the innocent people in in the in palestinians that are being killed that are not you know in any way shape or form part of this at all um they're they're the president needs to come out and it, it, it this is a very tough this is a, this is where a president really is in a tough spot. While this is not happening in our country, we have many, many Jews around in the United States. Obviously, we have many in wherever we would go in the United States and in the world. This, the things that are going on right now, the president has to find a tone that will be, you know, comforting, uh, that will be understanding, but also being steadfast in a way to say. Look, we do not support what's going on and seeing kill, the killing of innocent people on the on the Israeli side and on the Palestinian side. But he also needs to make sure he's towing the line to say, while there are people being killed on the Palestinian side, this is the work of Hamas. This is the work of militants who are are attempting to put Israel in a position where it seems like, what's well, like happened yesterday in the news that popped up that. You know, there was an Israeli rocket that struck a hospital, and that's been shown to be a little more, uh, you know, not as true. However, coming back to the point about President Biden, it's important to make sure he is telling the American people succinctly and strongly that we do not want to see incidents like these happen. We do not want to see thousands killed on in any country, innocent people being slaughtered. Um, and it's important for the president to do that. I think he's shown he can do that sort of, he can be that way. He's obviously shown that on a campaign trail. It's important there here in a, in a primetime speech, though, um, to make sure that he is he's using his words carefully. He's being succinct but strong. And he also needs to make sure he's sending the, pot, the right message to not only the American people, but to the world that despite what we have going on in our own country as far as conflict within the House and the Senate, et cetera, we are still standing by you to assist and to show you you are a valued ally, but also as human beings, you're valued as well. That's what I think that's what the American people should expect here. Um, and I think we can expect the president to do that. It, it met, there have been many presidential speeches over the years, as you know, well know, Jay, and as we have seen over time that where presidents are well known for in times of crisis. And again, while this conflict is not happening in the United States, we have many Jews and many people who are pro-Palestinian people that are 
really fighting right now because their their views are in conflict with each other. We need to make sure we're we're sending the message, and the president is the start of that to say. We need to come together as a country to help those that are being, you know, being killed, the Jews that are being killed in Israel and the people in the Palestinian side that are innocent bystanders in this. Indeed, we await uh, tonight uh, for sure. Jason Mollica, uh, a great job at American U, PR and everything else. And, of course, uh, back in the day of Fox Radio.